guys, it's Allie along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo, and welcome to the Mulberry Lane Show. We are wrapping our radio arms around you right now because <laughs> we are so glad you're hanging out here with us. Oh, yeah. Okay, so do you have a timeline for your life? Maybe you tell yourself, I want to achieve this by this point or wait until I get here before I do this. But isn't it crazy how sometimes life just doesn't listen to our timelines, right? So if you're out of kilter with your timeline and maybe you left behind that creative dream or side hustle, maybe this episode will help you rediscover that love or get you to take a serious step in the direction of your dreams. That's right, Rachel, and we hope to point you in the right direction to find your bliss, to entertain you, or help you rediscover that part of you that you may have left behind. We handpick these guests to motivate you and get you back in touch with what brings you joy. And you deserve that in your life. Amen to that. Okay, well, let's get to the guests, sisters. Let's do it, Bo. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're going to have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. Well, up first, Al Petrelli of Trans-Siberian Orchestra stops by one more time before their performance to give you a quick behind-the-scenes look at what's coming up for the show. Now, you can catch Trans-Siberian Orchestra in concert at the Mid-America Center in Council Bluffs on November 13th. So if you haven't gotten your tickets already, you've got to do it. And Rachel, today, what does Al talk about? Well, Al gives you a good behind-the-scenes look at what's happening at Mid-America Center between now and the November 13th performance. It all comes together in the next few weeks. And he also talks about timelines. Now, as we talked about a little earlier, we all have those timelines. He talks about a time in his life when his timeline went pretty wonky. So you'll hear that story and some advice that he got when things aren't going according to plan. Okay, sisters, who's next? Well, next, you're going to hear from Tina Adair of the Bluegrass Americana Band, Sister Sadie. Sister Sadie have had a really incredible year. They're nominated for their first Grammy and they've made their debut on the Grand Ole Opry. And you guys know and understand how much we love talking to girl groups. And today's interview doesn't disappoint. Tina is chock full of girl power energy and she serves up heart, harmony, and advice on accepting things when they happen versus when you'd like them to happen. (laughs) So we think you're going to enjoy the chat today with Tina as much as we did. Sisters, who's next? All right, then finally, you've been hearing all about it, the dangers of vaping. Well, Dr. Karen Swanson of Mayo Clinic joins your weekend to just spell out exactly what's happening with the science behind vaping. So if you have a preteen, teen, or you've heard that it's really not that bad for you, you do want to tune into this. Dr. Swanson shares the facts, and you want to be in the know, especially about something as important as this. Okay, Rachel, so I heard you had a chemistry lesson this week. Yes, so my son needed help on his chemistry homework, and it's all about the periodic table. So I'm sitting there looking at a periodic table, trying to remember, okay, now how does everything correlate and how does this periodic table work? The groups are the columns and the periods are the rows. Okay. So I'm trying to remember this, and I'm also trying to make sure my son, Cole, you know, has this through his head. And then my husband comes down and goes, well, you know, a good way to remember this, and he's looking right at me. He says, you can remember, you know, a sentence is horizontal and a period is at the end of the sentence. So the period is the one that's horizontal. So it's a good way to remember it. So he's explaining this to me. He's looking right at me and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not the one that needs to 
know this, you should be saying it to Cole, not me. <laughs> so he was working really hard trying to make sure I understood it. He's mansplaining. <laughs> you can't mansplain your son. You have to do that to your wife. <laughs> That's right. Well, you're not going to get any mansplaining from these sisters. Just some women-splaining. So you might get some sister-splaining. That's right. That's what you're going to get. Stay right here with your radio sisters. Coming up next, Al Petrelli of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. He's got some great things to tell you about their upcoming show and some advice for your life. Keep it here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show on a mission to break down the creative process and make sure you stay in touch with that side of you. Yep, sister splaining. <laughs> Be right back. This segment is brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology, advanced comprehensive medical, surgical, and cosmetic dermatologic care. BraddockFinnegan.com. It's your weekend getaway, guys. You're hanging out here on the Mulberry Lane Show. It's Allie along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo. Glad you're here with us. Okay, guys, did you know that Trans-Siberian Orchestra always rehearses their North American holiday tours at the Mid-America Center in Council Bluffs? Well, the cast is headed this way later this week to put the finishing touches on the tour, which opens here November 13th. Now, Al Petrelli, our good friend and musical director, guitarist for TSO, is hanging out with you right now to give you a behind-the-scenes look and to make sure you don't miss this extravaganza. Plus, if you're impatient with your timeline, you're going to hear Al's Rockstar Perspective. Welcome, welcome back to the show, Al Petrelli. Oh, thanks again for having me. And I love hearing you sing like that every time. It makes my heart smile. <laughs> How are you? How's the family? How's Everybody's the rest of the good, good, busy, good. crazy as usual. So yes, you ma'am. guys are headed this way. You're going to be in town tomorrow. So I want you to pull back the curtain a little bit. So someone who's sitting in the seats on November 13th watching the show, give us an idea of what happens between the time you land here and that date. Oh, my word. A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, I'll fly in tomorrow. Okay. One of the things I love the most is, like, tomorrow night or maybe uh, Saturday morning, I'm going to go to the arena, and okay. I'm going to immediately turn into a 14-year-old because <laughs> I'm going to walk in, and for the first time this year, I'm going to actually see, you know, in person, live, up close and personal, the production that I've only saw drawings and sketches of. Right. You know, and I immediately just turned into a kid again, like, you know, trying to sneak into an arena or a theater when I was a kid going to see my favorite band. And, like, there'll be cases everywhere, and there'll be, like, you know, 20, 30 tractor trailers outside and a couple hundred people on the crew all bustling about, putting this rig together and watching it come to life. Starting this weekend will be the first time we're all together. And as you know, we've talked about this in the past, we're going to run the show 20, 30, maybe 40 times before the 13th, before opening night with you guys because you guys will have a perfect first show. Now you've toured with Megadeth, Alice Cooper, and you know, everyone, whatever they're doing, they have a timeline, their mental timeline. You have these these milestones that you wanna reach. And a lot of times life kinda gets in the way and maybe you miss a milestone or you're not as far as you wanna be or think you should be. You know, and then your mind starts going to the place of, well, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. So can you speak to a time when you went through that and what got you through it and, you know, just trusting that you are where you're supposed to be? 
Yeah, that's happened more times than not in my life. Okay. Um, you, know, you know, listen, people make fun of me sometimes. They're like, you know, they'll ask me, how you doing today? I'm like, it's the best day ever. <laughs> and, and they'll be like, why? I'm like, well, A, I woke up. <laughs> Let's start with that. And then whatever the day has in store for me, we're going to see what happens, you know. Uh-huh. But in particular, as you're asking me that question, it immediately took me back to, I'd say, like 1992 or 93. Okay. And I'd had a great five or six years up until that point working for Alice Cooper, a bunch of different bands over the years. But like the, for some reason, I got derailed and it dried up. Okay. And doing a lot of sessions in New York City, and I had recorded a record with Celine Dion at the time wow. and I went in and I did the sessions and it was great and then I went home you know but you know a month or two later it's just like again the phone's really not ringing I don't, mm-hmm. well, for whatever the reason my fault uh, the, the industry right. uh, life whatever whatever happened I was not working I was like well I got a couple little kids and uh, a family to take care of so what do you do well you go out you swing a hammer you landscape you do whatever you got to do in the meantime sure. and I remember being on this estate on Long Island where I used to live pretty opulent place and I'm out there like I don't know trimming the hedges or fixing the deck whatever I was doing and a couple of the teenage daughters were kind of like rolling their eyes and snubbing their noses at me as they were sunbathing in the glory that is their life <laughs> and on the radio came the Celine Dion song that a couple months prior I had recorded wow. and I kind of went man um, this is not my finest hour let's just put it that right, way right. but you're responsible for your family you're responsible to keep your integrity and I kept just like saying well I'm just going to keep working towards you know what I want to do and if it never happens again well it happened once and you know that made me luckier than a lot of people but I never really let go of my dream and my vision and I did whatever I had to do to take care of the kids and make sure that there's a roof over their head and then lo and behold you know the phone would ring again and then you know it was like okay we're back Uh so I never take for granted where I am today because I've been privy to what happens when you're not there and that's why when we get to Omaha so again starting tomorrow It'll be the first tour ever in my mind because right. yesterday's in the record books. So you, so, so you are comfortable with the fact that there's cycles and it will come back around. Oh, I'm never Pretty comfortable cool. with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you I, just I, know I, that. I'm, yeah. I'm very much aware of it. Uh-huh. You know, it, it's like anything else in any field, in any occupation, it, you know, things don't always go according to plan. Right. And, and as you know, you know, one of my dearest friends on God's earth is Mick Doyle, you know, in Omaha, Nebraska, yes. you know, the, uh-huh. my boxing coach and just my brother. And he teaches me all the time. Once you get punched in the face, your plan just went out the window. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because, like, you didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm. How do you react to that? How do you stand back up after getting knocked down, figuratively, literally? Right. You know, a lot of things go wrong in life. Life kicks in, and, but how do you persevere? How do you carry on? And how do you maintain your integrity mm-hmm. and not succumb to the darker side of the world? Right. You know, so as a man, as a human, as a father, as a husband, as all those things, you know, I just try to be a good human. And keep working hard, you know, not get caught up in the accolades that when things are going great, and certainly not get caught up, you know, in the darker side of like, well, things ain't going well. Right. Again, I don't know what tomorrow's got. I just know that I'm going to do my best to make it a great day and prepare for what I hope is going to be. And if it goes sideways, well, I'll figure it out then. I love that. Al Petrelli of Trans-Siberian Orchestra hanging out with you one more time before the November 13th show right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You know, I know that you love boxing, and I bet it's because boxing is really a metaphor for life in a lot of ways. Exactly, and that's what people don't realize, you know. I mean, listen, at my age, at my size, I am not going to get into the <laughs> ring and, like, go for this for real. You know, I, I have, I guess, a Mick Doyle in, in town, and 
a couple other friends uh, around the world that I enjoy doing it because it's a physical and mental chess game. And like you had just very eloquently put, it's a metaphor for life in general. You know, there is no rule book. There's no map to get through life. You know, adapt, overcome, and improvise. Right. And be ready for anything. And if you get knocked down, well, now here is the real test. Will you and can you stand back up and just go through it again? And that's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a bunch of students over the years, and I still do lectures at colleges. And I tell, you know, these kids, this is what I can guarantee you in life. If you don't work hard, I guarantee nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. The flip side to that is that if you work really, really hard, you do everything right. I can't guarantee you anything is going to happen either, but I'd rather be on that side of the fence than the other. You'd rather be looking back saying, well, at least I gave it my all. Yeah, because nothing is worse. What do they say? Um, somebody came up with a great quote. Their definition of hell is meeting the person you could have become. <laughs> That's a good one. These little proverbs and sayings. You know, I kind of keep with me at all times, you know, uh-huh. and then I'm responsible to try to pass on this mindset to my children. Right. You know, I just want all of them to, like, have a great life. And that's not defined by finance or wealth or, or stuff. It's defined by happiness. And if they'll listen is the other thing. Exactly. <laughs> listen, you know, you're going to learn the hard way a couple times. You know, that's that kind of dichotomy in life. And, you know, that goes on with, you know, right on stage throughout the show with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, you know, there is a bittersweet sentiment throughout Paul O'Neill's work. But always you know? uplifting. Always. In the end. Always a happy ending. Yes. yes. Which I love. So, well, yeah, Al, me too. It's always great to catch up with you. And what do you hope people take away after attending the performance? I hope, you know, that they realize that they're not alone in some of their feelings you know i think one of the saddest things is when somebody feels like no man i miss my mom my dad my kids whomever and i'm alone you know in this thought and then when they realize that everybody on stage and everybody in the audience everybody underneath the stage you know shares the same sentiment it doesn't make it any easier or any more palatable but at least you know the sense of of not being alone usually is comforting in that sense of community yeah. yeah, and it's okay mm-hmm. to cry, and it's okay to smile, and it's okay to do both sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's what life is, you know. But like you said, at the end of the day, in this story, and at the end of the concert on November 13th, everybody's going to end with a happy ending. Happy ending. And you know, you're and you know we energy. need those today, right? Well, yeah, we need them every day. So <laughs> listen, life, you know, life's a trip sometimes. <laughs> but you keep your eye on the prize, and you keep your eye on the important things, and you like Paul O'Neill and his family thought it's just random acts of kindness, reaching out, doing the right thing, taking care of your own, raising your children the right way, and governing your life with a certain amount of decorum and integrity and you know, being respect, all those things. And if everybody would just follow that one lesson, it'd be yeah. such a better, uh, better planet. It sure would. And well, we'll I'll, get there. Little by little, we'll get there. Honey. Little by little. And with people like you coming on this show, it makes a difference, and we love it. Al, thank oh, you so much. Heart, thank you. Always, right. always. It's Al Petrelli of Trans-Siberian Orchestra sharing some behind-the-scenes stories. Be sure to get your tickets to Trans-Siberian Orchestra in concert November 13th at Mid-America Center in Council Bluffs. Kick off your holiday right. After the break, you're going to hear from Tina Adair of Grammy-nominated Americana band Sister Sadie. Stay right here with your radio sisters, where you tune in, can see your potential a little clearer. The Mulberry Lane Show.
Well, Dr. Mary Finnegan of Braddock Finnegan Dermatology is here to tell you about Aqua Gold. So Aqua Gold is a small vial that has small stainless steel needles that are finer than a human hair in which we can leave product in the surface of the skin. The procedure takes about 15 minutes for the whole face. It gives a very dewy look, an airbrushed look. There's mild redness, otherwise no downtime at all. Aqua Gold at Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. That's BraddockFinnegan.com. Find the harmony right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Rachel, along with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie. Welcome back. Well, Bluegrass Americana Band Sister Sadie have had one huge year. Now, they were nominated for their first Grammy, made their debut on the Grand Ole Opry, and just last week, Sister Sadie won Vocal Group of the Year from the International Bluegrass Music Association. Now, this is the first time that an all-female group has ever taken home that award. Now, Tina Adair is here right now. She's from Sister Sadie. She's going to get you up to speed on everything going on in their lives right now. Welcome, welcome to the show, Tina A. there of Sister Sadie. Hi, I don't think I've ever had my name sing before. I love that. <laughs> Good, glad we could well, be so the first. so glad to have you on the show. And like Allie mm-hmm. mentioned, we love talking to other girl groups, other harmony groups. So it's just great having you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, so now... I love the story of how you all came together, but before we get into that, talk about who's in the group, because everyone comes with their own history, their own story, and, you know, so much experience. So talk a little bit about each one of you guys. Yes, Delian Bradley, she plays guitar and sings some of the lead harmony vocals in the band, and Delian led her own band for probably 20 years or so now, won the International Bluegrass Music Association Female Vocalist Award okay. five times. And then we have Deanie Richardson who plays fiddle. Deanie has been touring um, since she was about 17 years old. She started her career out on the road with Holly Dunn and then went on to Patty Loveless and then Vince Gill, the Chieftains. About four years ago, she went on the road with Bob Seger, so she was part of the Silver Bullet band, you know, okay. and recorded all wow. the yeah. records. You can catch her most weeks on the Opry and the staff band. She is one of the backup fiddlers for the staff band. Wow. and. And then we got our banjo player, Gina Britt. Gina has played with Ellen Bybee with her last full-time gig before going with Sister Sadie. Playing bass for us is Hazy Fiaco. She's also plays still with Laurie Lewis. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you, your background. And then myself. <laughs> yeah, so I play mandolin in the band and sing lead and harmonies as well. Okay. And I started my career with a family band about 14 years old. I've been singing since I was about three and okay. playing uh-huh. playing since I was five, but we really started playing out on the road when I was about 14 years old, and then I signed my first deal with Sugar Hill Records at 16, so wow. very early on, and then toured throughout that time and still was making records and all, and then came to uh, Belmont University in Nashville. Okay. And... Um, studied music business, so I got my business degree, and I continue to work there, and I am still here today. I'm actually in my office at Belmont right now, okay. and I advise students, and typically seniors, that are wanting to go out into the music industry to work in the industry, such as in the label world, management, publishing. Okay. kind of the business side of things. things. So I've been here for about 20 years while still doing my own thing with my band, Tina Adair Band, and then Sister Sadie. Okay, yeah. so now you have to talk about what prompted all you guys to get together and form this band. 
Well, we have all known each other throughout our time at playing music, you know. Uh-huh. And we thought, why not? Let's just do a show at the station in and play some music together. So it was around Christmas time of 2012, and we booked this show. We didn't even have a name at the time. So we played, and somebody videoed it, and it got kind of spread around. And our banjo player started getting some calls and said, hey, would you girls want to come here or there to this festival or that festival and play? And so we went back kind of to the drawing board and was like, maybe we need to rethink this, you know, to just do a select few dates a year. And then that led to us talking to Pine Castle Records about doing a record and someone did our first record. And then that led to doing a second record. Oh. And here we are this year. So we've had a, an incredible year. That is true. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Grammy-nominated Americana Bluegrass Band Sister Sadie here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, when you guys did do the show and you all played together, did you feel like there was some magic there? Totally. When we we were our first kind of downbeat at around 4 o'clock that afternoon just to rehearse, uh-huh. and with that first note playing together, we just knew there was something there. And you girls know this as well, but a band is like, any other kind of relationship, whether it be professional or personal, uh-huh. if it's got chemistry, it has it. And right. If it's not chemistry, it doesn't work. It's that you know? it factor, yeah. and you either have it or you don't. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just something like when we get together that our playing is there's just a, a chemistry there that's kind of, for us, we feel is undeniable, you know, just the feeling of it all. And it mm-hmm. is magical to us, you know, and so... It's one of the greatest feelings in the world, actually, so uh-huh. you can collaborate with people musically and feel that magic happen. Like you said, you've had a, a huge year. So what was that like when you found out you'd been nominated for a Grammy? Oh, gosh. We found out in December last year that we had been nominated, and we made the top five, you know, which I cried for three days. Uh, I bet! <laughs> I know. All of us was crying. We were crying. We sat on the phone. We could not talk, and, and we were calling our families, and... We were just so excited, and I mean, you're shocked because mm-hmm. you're like, really, you know, I, we were just so grateful, and what a humbling experience, and to be able to go out there, we went out there to L.A., and oh. just to be able to go out there and be a part of it, and we hung out with all of the nominees that oh. was in our category, and at the after party, I know we hung out with the McCurries and all, and just had the best time. Okay. It was just great. It was, it was fun. Now, do you think, because, you know, you've all been in the business for a while, and do you think it was, you know, just extra sweet, you know, having achieved this at this point in your lives? Yeah, I mean, I think as a musician and as an artist, you know, that's your Oscar, you know, the right. Grammy, you know what I mean? And it's the ultimate. It is the ultimate, and to be recognized in that, and, you know, we, we came out with our very first record, and that's always a bit stressful situation because right. you want people to love it, you know? Absolutely, and you, and you pour so much of yourself it. into it, too. Yeah, 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 it's such a labor of love, you know, and putting out that first record, you got to be thinking about your sophomore project as well, right. and that it has to be better than your first record, you've proven a point and everything, now, you know... Now you got to take it somewhere, really yeah. <laughs> that's the test, and so for our second record to get into the top five of the Grammy nominations, that was like... Okay, we can breathe now. The validation like, no, that's that you needed. Yeah. yeah. We put all of our heart and soul into this record, you know, and sure. uh, you ladies know as well that that's the way it goes. 
Well, it's so gratifying to get that validation at any point in a career. But when we come back, Tina Adair of Sister Sadie talks about her timeline versus life's timeline and how sometimes they just don't line up. And if this applies to you right now, if you might be struggling a bit, Tina has some wise words for you when we come back. So keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show with your radio sisters, where you tune in and get a clearer vision for your path. It's Allie here with the Mulberry Lane Show. And did you know you can be a part of our free email list every week where you'll get more sister fun, links to archived radio shows, tips on creativity for your life, and real connection. All you have to do is text the word Mulberry to the number 22828, and then you enter in your email. So join the free Mulberry Lane email newsletter, and we'll land in your inbox once a week. Text the word Mulberry to 22828. The Mulberry Lane Show, where every creative journey is respected. I'm Bo, here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. Right now, we're in the middle of a chat, breaking down the creative process with Tina Adair of Grammy-nominated Americana bluegrass group Sister Sadie, who are made up of four singer-songwriter-musician women who have all come to the group with lots of experience in the music industry. Now, they've been together for a few years, but each of them brings with them a wealth of experience. So let's get back right now with Tina Adair of Sister Sadie. Now talk about what it's like on stage when you guys are singing and playing and you're all in the moment and you know you kind of look at each other. Just talk about what that is like for you guys. We have this level of respect for each other as musicians individually and singers. And it's just the acknowledgement of each other on stage and how they're fun. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, we've always been focused around what sounds best as Sister Sadie okay. and not what sounds best for just Tina Adair or just right. Deborah or just Dylan. But, you know, whatever that song requires for it to sound best as Sister Sadie as a unit okay. rather than, oh, well, I'm going to showboat here, you know, that sort right. of thing. We've never been about that. We've all been about, you know, what's going to help make this song sound the best for us and behind the singer that's singing it whichever one of us is singing okay. it you know okay so and that's very important yeah and you know what I think that's something that you have to learn as you go along the way that you know in a group situation you have to do what's best for the group right there's no one star in in a band a situation of where there's it's all a band right. unit, you know what I mean mm-hmm. everybody has their equal part you know uh-huh. and that translates down into the the business side of it as well and jobs that you may have behind the scenes in a band especially for us we all have our own job we keep most of our stuff in house actually uh-huh. doing it in booking management all that so now talk to that side of things and how much of your time is actually spent you know on the business side versus the creative performing side yeah there's a lot of time spent on the business side of things you know gina does our booking and banking stuff i handle the business side of things with the liaison between the record label and in the band and okay. I do your website and, you know and all of us have a little bit of a part of social medias and and I help with travel Dean helps with travel you know, you know so it, it takes up a large chunk of your time and sometimes you feel like you get bogged down in that stuff but 
Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, if you're organized, you can you can make it. You can so make it happen. What, what's you know? your go-to organizing tool? You know, <laughs> I'd like to say I had I had one, but we each of us have our own separate ways of dealing with okay. what we have to deal with. You know, okay. mm-hmm. communication is key in any relationship. That's how it stays afloat. You know, yeah. and, and organized. Uh-huh. You got to do what works. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Tina Adair of the Grammy-nominated group Sister Sadie right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So now, so many times in life, you know, we have our timelines, you know, whatever we do, whether it's music or, you know, business or whatever, you know, it's like, well, I want to get here by this point, get here by this point. And a lot of times life goes askew and uh-huh. you, you find yourself in a different place. So I want you to, to speak to that about how, you know, you found yourself here, vocal group of the year, nominated for a Grammy, all these things happening now and how that has lined up with maybe your timetable yeah that's a great question and and something i've had a lot of time to reflect on this year about as well and even working with students here at belmont talking you know to them about it and like just never give up on your dreams uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm living proof of that right now but, um back when i you know, i mentioned this earlier i started singing on stage when i was three and right. you know by the time i was five my family would come to nashville every year and the Grand Ole Opry would be a place where we would come to, you know, uh-huh. and I was always more excited about getting to go to the Grand Ole Opry and Ernest Tubb Record Shop buying records than I was going to Opryland, you know, and uh-huh. riding bikes. And, <laughs> you know, and I knew that I wanted that as a career, even at five years old. Uh, I was, we would buy the cheap seats at the Opry. I called uh-huh. them kind of nosebleed section, you know, in the balcony because that's about what we could afford at the time. And I would sit there and, you know, watch Roy Akeff and Loretta Lynn and, and Dolly and all these people, these stars, and, and be like, yeah. I want to play on that stage one day. <laughs> I want to play on that stage one day. I'd tell my mama, you know, well, life happens, and, you know, you play and, and you continue to play music, and I never gave up on that hope or that dream of playing uh-huh. the Opry. Um, and year after year, I'd see people playing the Opry and stuff, and I'd be like, I not ever going to happen. I'm getting too old, you know. I'm just too, you know. But it never goes up. It always stayed in the back of my head. And, and this year, March the 30th, we made our debut. And I always, and I knew that coming to this point in time in my life with Sister Sadie, with the girls, I knew this is who I want to debut with. You know, uh-huh. like I wanted to. It's, it's right. Yeah, it feels right. It's the right timing because we had accomplished you know, a lot, you know, yeah. and together, and we've been through a whole lot together, ups and downs, you know. Oh, I'm sure. And I was like, this is who I want to debut with, and so on March the 30th, that happened, and it was, you know, a couple months before I turned 40 years old, so, you know, I just tell people, don't ever give up chasing that dream if it's something that you're hungry for and want it, because it may not happen just right immediately when you want it to, but it'll happen in its time if you keep working and giving it 110% to get to where you want to be, you know. So things don't happen always in the time, and I'd love for it to happen in, but I think things happen in the right time. Yeah, so. I love that, Tina. We'll leave it on that message because it's what we do this show for, is people yeah. who continue to uh, chase their dreams. Yeah, yeah, don't and, ever give up. Yeah, and then where can people find out more about you? Yes, you can go to sistersadieband.com. So sistersadieband.com, that band part's very important. So sistersadieband.com, and uh, you can find us on all the social medias, on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and all of that. Okay, and next time your album's out, you have to come back, and we'd love to chat some more. 
I would love to. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Tina. That's Tina Adair of SisterSadieBand.com. So if you're finding yourself in a frustrating timeline right now, maybe others seem to be getting places faster than you, remember what Tina said. Just keep your head down, keep working, and things will happen in the right time. When we come back, if anyone you know is into vaping, you want to hear this message from Dr. Swanson from the Mayo Clinic. Keep it right here with your radio sisters. We're always looking out for you here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Here's some Sister Sadie. Rachel here. Just want to give you a personal invitation to get in on more sister fun music and highlights from the radio show. You can head on over to our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, The Mulberry Lane Show. We love having you here and we'd love to meet you over there for more positivity, creativity, and true connection. We've got you covered. Back to The Mulberry Lane Show. It's Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie. Well, you guys have heard the recent stories about the dangers of vaping. Now, Dr. Karen Swanson from the Mayo Clinic is here to separate fact from fiction and what you need to look out for on this growing health epidemic. Welcome, welcome to the show, Dr. Swanson. I'm only hoping I don't have to sing to say welcome, thank you for having me and allowing me to talk about the vaping-associated lung injury crisis. Yes, well, we're so glad you're here because this is such a timely topic and we're hearing more and more scary, you know, stories about what's actually happening. So, you know, at one point, you know, I think everybody thought vaping is the harmless alternative to smoking and it's, it's really not that bad, but now we're learning different things. So talk about where the research has taken us. Yeah, so this has been a fascinating evolution in a very short period of months. Over the last month, we've had the opportunity to actually get lung biopsies from 17 patients with vaping-associated lung injury. By looking at the lung tissue under the microscope, we found very astounding findings. And really what we found was the injury appears to be airway-centered chemical pneumonitis, which means it's an inflammatory process that looks like a caustic or chemical burn Mm. in the airways that then extends into the alveolar sacs in the lung. Wow. And this is directly caused by the inhalation of toxic substances. So many people think that when you vape, what you blow out as the big white cloud if you choose to do that, that's not water vapor. That is a whole combination of toxic chemicals. And the way that this works is that in a vaping cartridge, there are three things in it usually. There's a marijuana or nicotine. There is a vehicle to turn that into a solution, and the vehicles used are usually something like vegetable glycerin or propylene glycol, things that are used in cosmetics and in pills and in some foods that are perfectly safe to swallow, not safe to inhale. And then a whole variety of flavorings. You know, now you have ice cream flavors and you have fruity flavors and you've got tricks and lucky charms and so nobody knows what is going into those flavorings and then finally you have this heating coil 
that gets heated up by a battery, and that turns the solution into an aerosol. But to do that, that's a complex chemical reaction. That releases more fumes. And then the coil itself releases some metals like manganese and zinc that are inhaled. So it's almost like we're talking about the old days of cigarettes and the you know, thousands of carcinogens that are in a traditional cigarette. These lung injuries that, you know, you're hearing about, are they reversible? There are some, the patients that come in that don't end up in the intensive care unit or don't end up on a ventilator, they seem to be doing just fine. And if they stop vaping, they might get a little prednisone to calm the inflammation down. Those patients seem to do just fine. The more severe the lung injury, if they start seeing what's called diffuse alveolar damage or acute organizing pneumonia with diffuse alveolar damage, they're on a ventilator, those patients likely will have long-term limitation of wow. their lungs. So now how do we explain to our kids the dangers of vaping? You know, when the word out there is, oh, it's harmless and... I think each family needs to come up with a process. And as, as I thought about things, you know, I think it would be really helpful to get some good data. Kids want data. They don't want to just believe what comes out of their families' mouths, right? They want to learn for themselves and read it themselves. If it were my child, what I would do is print all that out, have them watch the videos, and maybe the next day have some really reflective, transparent dialogue, not like, look, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. You're going to do what you do. When, you know, I'm not in your back pocket all day. But you need to know that this is incredibly dangerous, and if one of your friends hands you a vaping pen, you don't know what's in it. And right. we have had patients on ventilators, and there have been now, I think, 18 deaths across the country. Frightening. So, so it, it, it's important dialogue to have. All right, well, we appreciate you bringing this to light and coming on the show. So if you have any final words about, you know, just some, some advice or something to leave our listeners with. Sure, if you don't smoke cigarettes and you don't vape, please, please, please do not start. Don't vape at a party just because people are passing vaping pens and contraptions around. Lastly, anyone who's interested, again, that website, mayoclinic.org, and just search vaping because there is a lot to learn out there. Okay, and Dr. Swanson, thank you once again for joining the show. Thank you for having me. That's Dr. Karen Swanson of the Mayo Clinic giving you the 411 on vaping. So much to know for you and your family. Just don't do it. That sums it up. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, it's time for our favorite part of the show. It's time for show notes. Yes, you guys. And from our hearts to yours, we really want you to take some of these tips into your week. It sets you on a good path moving forward, going in the right direction. And we want that for you. And the first guest that stopped by is Al Petrelli of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. He said, in life, things don't always go according to plan. Now, he boxes as a hobby, and he says his coach, Omaha Zone, Mick Doyle, tells him, once you get punched in the face, your plan just went out the window. So the question is, how do you react to that? Do you stand back up or do you stay down? He says a lot of things go wrong in life. It's how you persevere and maintain integrity and not succumb to the darker side of the world. The best way to handle it is just to get back up and keep trying. Throw some more punches too. (laughs) That doesn't hurt. So that's what Al had for you for this week. Be sure to catch Trans-Siberian Orchestra November 13th 
at MidAmerica Center and Council Bluffs. Allie, who's next? Okay, well then you guys heard from Tina Adair of Grammy-nominated band Sister Sadie. Now, Tina has been singing and performing since childhood, and she made her debut on the Grand Old Opry this year, right before her 40th birthday. And about this performance, she said she debuted at the Grand Old Opry at the exact right time with the exact people that she wanted to debut with. So her message was never give up on that dream. And if it's something you're super hungry for, it might not happen at the time you want it to happen, but if you keep working and giving it 110%, you will get to where you want to be. So she summed it up by saying it didn't exactly happen in the timeline that she wanted, but indeed it happened at the exact right time. Think about that for a second. (laughs) That's the way you want it, honestly. And then finally, Dr. Karen Swanson of the Mayo Clinic gave you some facts about vaping. Basically, her message is do not vape, don't start, don't smoke anything passed around at a party. The pathology is making it clear that you can do a lot of damage to your lungs. So breathe easy, take care of yourself, and in light of the timeline theme of today's show, we don't want you shortening your timeline. (laughs) So take care of yourself so you can achieve everything you want in life. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Mulberry Lane Show. We will see you same time, same place next weekend, where you can uncover more things about yourself, your dreams, and make your path a little clearer. That's what we want for you. So stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. Gonna write the book of love and how's it gonna end? Who's gonna blow the candles out?